You're listening to Messages of Infinite Light with Ain Kate Sullivan, the show that helps us discover the truth of who we are and imagines where we are going as masterful creators. Welcome and blessings. This is Ann Kate Sullivan, co-host of Messages of Infinite Light with Mirabai Devi. We're finally doing this. We've been talking about it for some time, and now we're together with the with the Devi as as the triple goddess here. <laughs> so in this show. We're going to focus on the awakening of humanity, the raising of consciousness with divine love and divine light as guiding principles. In this particular episode, we will discuss guidance. This is really important in the time that we're in now. We look at the newspapers, everything's collapsing. How do we find the path through all of this? How does our heart, how does our heart, our soul, how does spirit lead us through the times that we're in. Who are the guides, the light guides that we can trust? And how do we make our own connections? It seems like it's no longer the time of going to the priest, to the guru, but to find that place in our, our own heart and soul that knows it's on track. So we will be speaking about divine mother and other high beings in the order of Melchizedek and also the yogic traditions. You might just love this. I can hardly wait. So it is time to take responsibility for our own evolution and our ascension. Are you ready? Okay, I'm going to take a quick ad break. And then when we get back, we're going to talk about the cash records and how we go directly to God Goddess. All there is in each in our own way, real way, following the truth and the light. May that set us all free. Okay. After this break, I'm going to bring on my co-host, Mirabai Devi. You can go now and check her out. She's amazing, spiritual, high being. I suggest you get to know her. <laughs> the um, Her website is mirabaidevi.org. And you can also visit her membership portal and bookstore if you want to dive in and take some classes with her and really do some deep work connecting directly to source, you can go to apowerofLove.com. So highly recommend that. And you can also find more about me, find spiritual books and so forth on infinitelightpublishing.com or just go to my website, ankatesullivan.com. My first name is A-Y-N-C-A-T-E-S Sullivan.com. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Thank you for listening to the Superpower Network. If you're ready to transform yourself and transform the world through podcasting, we invite you to join us. We co-create a non-competitive, collaborative environment designed to support you as you step into your greatness. Go now to superpowerexperts.com and click on the Programs tab to get started today. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Messages of Infinite Light. We invite you to delve into solutions for an evolving and awakening humanity. There are many more episodes that you can go listen to. Just go to superpowerexperts.com, superpower up, messages of infinite light. Or if you just go to superpowerexperts.com, you can find wisdom of the ages and messages of infinite light and many, many other podcasts to listen to, but go there. There are Last I heard, 25 million people listening. So something's happening. Things are changing. Feel encouraged. So today, 
my beautiful and brilliant co-host is on. I'm going to bring her on now, Mirabai. Welcome. Thank you so much, Anne, my other brilliant and beautiful co-host. <laughs> I'm so glad we're able to do these spiritual chats together. It's just, um, it helps me uh, feel hope for humanity for, you know, it just, we, I know we can evolve. We can step into this beautiful new time. I feel it. And I know this power of guidance is also important for each and every one of us. So tell us something about, from your perspective, the power of guidance, how we tap in and how that works. Well, first of all, I just want to say I'm so excited to be here and I'm so excited about life. And I loved what you said at the opening about every each and every person needs to take personal responsibility for their own awakening and evolution. And that is, isn't that a huge, great big relief? And that is the time that we're in right now. And so uh, your question about personal guidance is that uh, as you and I have both shared the Finthorn Foundation um, and Eileen Caddy, and we've talked about this briefly in the past, I was instructed into the tuition around listening to the inner voice, the still small voice of God through a practice called inner listening by Eileen Caddy. And that was in 1991 and 1992, a long time ago. I can't believe that I also connected in with her at that time and was doing the same meditation. Wow, we're we're on track together here. That's so exciting. And you know, we didn't even know it. (laughs) And you know, people can still go and listen to Eileen Caddy. I mean, it. I still get her daily guidance in in the in the mailbox in my e box now. Wow. Yes, go ahead. Sorry. So that's what really started, even though I was pretty much awake as a child and working with different masters and inner guidance, I went through a phase of, you know, trying to be like a normal kid from seven to 17. I went through my little asleep phase in terms of trying to be normal and fit in. But pretty much before that and after that, there was a very deep connection with spirit and guidance and vision of masters and light beings. But after I met Eileen in in 91 and was given the full green light to go ahead and listen to my own soul's guidance, I decided to build my entire life on hearing my soul's guidance on a moment by moment daily. And ever since then, that's how my life has unfolded. And that is the only way that I know how to live. And so I'd be happy to share more about that as we go along. That is so beautiful. One of the things that that has come up for me, I mean, actually, the Fenthorn Foundation was the first, the first, I think my first book, my first major book came out with Fenthorn. And so they've been a support since the very beginning. And they're still going strong from what I understand. But this, this idea, this beautiful idea of going within and connecting, I also remember sitting by the Chalice Well and and Glastonbury and really looking. I wanted to see the face of the Divine Mother. I felt somehow that was missing in my life. And I and I sat there and I sat there until I really did experience that presence, that presence. The veil came away and I started to connect into her as a as a presence, as a being, as an and as a guiding force. And that has been my spiritual path since that day. It's it's unusual, I, I think, in, in this world. But it's um, it's 
it's given me the ability to go through some really difficult things. I trust, I trust this presence. So one of the things that I, I thought we might talk about today, because probably many people listening are also in touch with divine mother or they have, or the Jesus Christ or Buddha or some major guide. Um, but I thought we could talk about the order of Melchizedek. I don't know if people are familiar with the order of Melchizedek, but it's an order of very high beings. Would you like to share some more about that? Yeah. First of all, I want to share that congratulations on getting your first book published at the Finhorn Foundation. I know that was a long time ago, but that's super cool. That's really an accomplishment. Oh, thank and you. Then, <laughs> yeah. And then second of all, I too sat at the chalice well many times, and mine was in search of Pan god of nature and going up the tour around walking around the tour and so forth um, in contact and communion with pan the mm. god of nature so that was really my thing and then also when you talk about the chalice well i see the image of the vesica pisces which we have on our logo mm -hmm. and that is an automatic dial-up of the divine feminine and the goddess so i, I want to say something about that I, real quick I, I did want to say something about Pan um, because the energy of Pan is so strong in that in that place. And some might call him uh, Gwenap Neath. Uh, they might give him another name or the green man. And there was a wonderful fellow who was part of uh, Fentorn called Ogilvy. Do you remember Ogilvy? Ogilvy yes. Grumbling? Yes. And mm -hmm. he, he really got in touch with Pan. I think he was not allowed to go to, during World War II. He wasn't allowed to fight because he, he had a dodgy heart. His heart wasn't so good. And so he actually went up in the, in the <laughs> someplace out in the forest in Scotland talking to Pan instead of going to war, which sounds pretty good to me. <laughs> yeah. But he had such a sweet connection with the elementals. And uh, I think one one thing we, we can talk about is, is how the, there are light beings that are fairy folk and elementals that are really here to help support life. And we're not always taught about them. We sometimes we're often frightened of them, but that was one of the things I also really appreciated about uh, Glastonbury meeting the divine mother and her full embrace of this world of elementals. Do you want to add to that? Yeah, I just want to add that there was a time when the veil came down between humans and the nature kingdoms and the, the realms of God consciousness where all the beings live that are now invisible, not to all of us, but to some of us, but at least the generalization is to humanity. Um, specifically, there are many beings that worked hard on keeping and, and um developing that relationship with the nature spirits and with the nature kingdom and with Pan and with all the different aspects of the beings that are responsible for stewarding the growth and evolution of nature. And they're surrounding us. They're all around us. And so children see them, intuitives see them. And when your third eye is open, you see them. We feel them and sense them when we're intuitives. And I feel that a part of my work um, for the past 30 years or longer has been about teaching people about the nature spirits and the elementals and the devas and connecting um, with not only seeing them, but receiving messages from them and being in, in cooperation and in co-stewardship with them. So 
we're not these arrogant beings who are just forging ahead, doing whatever we want to nature. There's a precise order and a whole realm of beings who are already keeping it all going with precision and perfection. And so we're diving into their world and cooperating and co-creating with them. And it can be a very harmonious uh, cooperation and, and we can create a very beautiful relationship if we're very sensitive and respectful and aware and conscious of that co-creation. So this is a vast topic. It is. And I'm, I'm aware that the Devi in particular helps nature. She's very interested in, I guess there is a hierarchy, is there not, of, of nature beings and, and uh, masters? Yes, the nature realm is a hierarchy. Um, the nature kingdom is governed by the moon. Their souls are governed by the moon, their lunar beings, whereas human beings are governed by the sun or solar beings or come through the sun. So we have two different streams of evolution. And the nature kingdom um, evolves. So you can evolve from being a tiny little fairy of a plant or a flower or a daisy flower, right to becoming the most evolved devic being in form is that spirit of a, a redwood or a tree that's been around for thousands of years. And those beings then evolve past the nature kingdom into very high angelic uh, or even archangelic consciousnesses and are, are vast like stars or planets. Their consciousness is, becomes more and more evolved. So they grow through each different form, their evolution. And believe it or not, we're doing the same except we're doing it through the solar ray. And so it's very parallel. And yet, you know, we think we have free will as human beings. And um, we think that we are, you know, completely sovereign and independent and can do whatever we want. But the reality is that our karma dictates what happens to us in the future and in future lives and future experiences. So if we're not living in cooperation and in harmony with nature because we are part of nature our bodies are animal bodies and we're part of this form of nature nature sees us as part of nature so if we break the laws of nature and we create negative karma then that definitely perpetuates and we suffer so we because we are supposed to be evolving into higher and higher forms and energetics and graduating rather than devolving. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense to me. You put it so well, and I think it's lovely, and it's nice to hear someone's other than me talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I, had, <laughs> I really felt for sometimes I had some great communion uh, experiences with trees in the, in the um, well, actually all over the place, in all sorts of different places, but there are trees, uh, especially oaks, that I've encountered that act as guardians. And what I've noticed in these, like making flower essences or, or doing um, uh, journeys where I would journey into a tree to understand the consciousness of a tree, what occurred to me is that they already reside in this fifth dimension uh, that we've all been talking about for some time. And so they can really act as very loving, kind, sweet doorways and portals to these worlds of unity consciousness. As we said, where, where the elementals, where the 
um, the beings that support life are, are available. So we need to protect the trees. I, I really, that's one thing I want to say here is one of my things that I do is plant trees and I, and I do a lot to conserve land and conserve, especially forests. And I'm hoping many other people will jump on board with this. Do you have a, something you want to say about trees? Yeah. I mean, obviously we want to see a world that prospers that we live in where humanity turns to stewarding the earth and growing food and replanting all the forests and growing trees everywhere. And that's the vision that we're working towards many of us around the planet. It's so, so, so important now. It's a major priority. And there seems to be a problem with food shortages uh, according to the paper. And of course, one of the things the elementals teach us to do is grow our own food. <laughs> so, right. So I feel that, I feel that the important thing here is that we understand that nature isn't just the body, the form of the tree or the form of the flower or the form of the vegetable, but every tree, every flower, every plant has a spirit, just like every human body has a soul, Right. Soul because we're solar, spirit because they're lunar. And so in our in our mutual cooperation and co-creation, we're working together to grow food, to grow gardens, to plant food forests, to create forests of trees, to reforest our world so that we can have more oxygen and we can create um, a regeneration. But what I'd love to say is that it's it's very clear that there are many you know, we're sort of in this place of division or dividedness where there's these groups of beings all over the planet that wants to work for the light and wants to replant nature and support nature and go back to nature and create a, a great vision of, of world harmony and peace. And then there's another group that's more focused on the destruction of all of it. And so I think because there's two very strong conflicting forces and because humanity is at such an early stage of evolution and that, you know, humanity is, is really just growing and evolving. What are we only 150 years into creating a car and mm -hmm. transportation mm -hmm. and that we're at, we're at such an early stage where we're still learning about AI intelligence and the dark side of AI intelligence and the light side of AI intelligence I think it's a really important time because of these conflicting forces of evolution and de devolution of, of awakening and ascension versus destruction that is very confusing and chaotic for most humans living in the world today. So this is where I feel guidance comes in and that we need to learn to uh, differentiate and um, listen to our own internal guidance as to what is true for us, what resonates as the truth for us and what is, what is right for us and what is our part and what is our role. And part of doing this is having clear pathways to your guides and to your guidance system and whether your guidance system is working with Divine Mother in all of her many different forms, whichever form resonates with you, whether it's Lakshmi, Mahalakshmi, or Mahasaraswati, or Mahakali, or Mahachamundaye, or whether it's as Kuan Yin, 
or um, Mother Mary or Mother Isis. There's so many, of course, so many different forms um, that that Divine Mother has taken, you know, form over the centuries. But then there's also so many unknown forms. There's many different incarnations of Divine Mother on the earth today that are in form and in body, that are teaching out in the world, that are have global missions, that are here not just to save humanity, but also the plants and nature. And, and then there's also the the unknown ones, the unknown forms, the unknown saints. And there's many of those too that are just influencing their local towns or local villages or, you know, they're remote, they're in the Himalayas or in India, they're in Europe, they're in the West and are not, you know, here for a public mission, but more just helping on the ground where they are at. And then you have all the different um, other types of guides and guidance systems, which I think would be very worthy to explore the different guidance systems because I feel that we all need guides today, um, teachers, guides, counselors, spiritual beings that walk in truth that we can trust, that we can put our faith in, that we can know that we're learning valuable lessons from and that can help guide and direct us so that we're not torn up in this chaotic wind that's churning between the the destruction and destructive energies and the creation and the creative energies that are in harmony and peace. And these energies seem to be very much at war with each other. So how do we step out of that war? How do we not be on the battlefield? How do we leave the fighting behind and step into taking responsibility for our own awakening and ascension and tap into the right guidance? Over to you, Aim. That was beautiful. Thank you so much. Um, so, yes, how do, we, how do we step into the field of unity consciousness? And this is something that many saints and sages, have, as you've mentioned, have, have spoken about. I mean, one was Jesus Christ. Uh, also, the Magdalene has their own teachings. Those in the order of Melchizedek, the masters that walk in that lineage, understand this. Uh, also, in the Celtic tradition, which is my my field, I've been in the Grail, seeking the Holy Grail or the Fairy Grail for quite uh, thirty years now. Been working with that one, and so the mothers, the Divine Mother faces that I see there are are Anna and Bridget. And um, also Mother Danu, and there's some beautiful ladies, the ladies of the lake. There's some beautiful feminine guides that can help through the Celtic tradition, uh, the Druid tradition. Also, um, there, I think what what I love about the Celts is that their connection with the, with nature is still very intact. So, because we've we've encountered some problems with religion, I don't know if we want to go into that, but there are forces that come into every religion has a beautiful core. And then unfortunately there are factions that come and disrupt that and, uh, you know, create dogma and they trap it, they lock it down. So in this time, I think as, as things are being disrupted and changed, this is a time to break free of old belief systems that no longer serve us and start to really it, understand and adhere to our own direct experience, our own gnosis, our own knowing. So we can get lost too. That's the challenge. 
But if we have beautiful guides that we know we can trust, like Divine Mother, like Babaji, like Anna in my tradition, and, and Bridget, Mary Magdalene, and we have Mother Mary, we have these beings, Lakshmi, right? That we know that we can trust and we have images of them around we have make little altars to them we start to feel the presence that each one of these beings emanates and those i feel that these qualities start to awaken within us we we get in touch with divine mother and our heart flowers we get in touch with lakshmi maybe our yellow essence opens and we feel bliss Maybe we get in touch with um, Kali. Maybe Kali Kali's also important too, because she can destroy what's not true. She helps us in that way. And, uh, you know, Kuan Yin helping us be compassionate with ourselves as we, as we go through difficult times, but love, our, love it, ourselves and each other through it. So back over to you, Mirabai. Yeah, I was just feeling into... Um in addition to all these different um, forms of the mother, which really are the goddess, which is, you know, the divine feminine embodied into these forms that are either human or non-human. Mary Magdalene was an actual human being who went through feelings and emotions and torments and and uh, turmoil, but also rose up and ascended and moved into a very unified consciousness which was you know there throughout her life but she overcome her her lessons and challenges and graduated and the same thing with you know Jesus or Yeshua that he was a real human being even though he was the son of God the incarnation of the divine what we would call in the yogic tradition an avatar um also he was a human being and he had very real experiences he had anger, he had fear, he went through being tested. He he was so firm in his union with God, in his connection with God, the Father, and also Divine Mother, that he was able to fully merge his presence into God consciousness and, and release any um, of that fear or concern or separation. And he did transcend into such a divine countenance that he was a role model to all of us of, of how to do that, to embrace our humanity and to embrace our divinity. And I think there's been such a great divide between our humanity and our divinity that we can't see to put them together as one. And our religions have encouraged that, that separation between, you know, you can't go directly to God, you have to go through the priest. You can't go directly to God, you have to go through the guru or, or the um, Brahmin or whoever it is. And so, um, you know, the priest in, in the Muslim tradition, imam. And so what I think is coming with this new culture that we're stepping into as finding our own guidance is to recognize that the God self is within, the divine mother is within, and that there's these outer icons that are actually reflections of our greater self or our higher self or the aspects of our self that have attained these, uh, passed their tests and lessons and attained these states of unity consciousness that can now help us with our evolution and our humanity and help us to integrate our divinity into human form and embody that and ground that. And, and so I feel, you know, working with traditions or lineages from, you know, Paramahansa Yogananda all the way through to Maha Avatar Babaji, 
or whether we're working through, you know, the Maha Avatar Krishna, who also side by side with uh, Yeshua, who's also, you know, a priest in the Melchizedek order, and that we all start to look that the office of the Christ is not just one person, and that's Jesus Christ or Jesus, who's Yeshua, but there've been many, and there are still many in the office of the Christ working through the Christ ray, including Maitreya and, um, and, and others, you know, and that have come through that, that form, that ray, and of course recognized as, you know, in Buddhism, as the different Buddhas and the different Buddhic rays. And, and so as we look at each tradition and we say, you know, it's safe to work with Krishna, it's safe to work with Yeshua, it's safe to work with the office of the Christ, it's safe to work with the Divine Mother, and, and it's safe to work with Mother Nature, and it's safe, you know, to go into many other forms that we know that we are we are seeing around us, that we are guided to, and that we know are trustworthy uh, unity consciousness um, integrated um, avataric presences that have proven again and again and again to be able to hold those very high levels of consciousness that are helping us to evolve into and embody. So, I mean, really that's, that's the gist of it. Over to you, Ian. That's absolutely beautiful. And so I, I believe you, you answered the question of how we make our own connection. So we call in those high beings, those avatars, those masters, those beautiful beings from the celestial as well as the Davic realms. And we, we know them because they, they help us step into unity consciousness. They help us understand that we're all one, that we're all really one big love. <laughs> and when we feel this um, this ascension energy, which is which is really a, a higher way of of perceiving ourselves and the planet, um, then we can then we can trust that we can trust these light guides to show us the way to live here, and and when it's time for us to return home to uh, to the other worlds, we can trust them to do that too. So Mirabai, I'm thinking, you know, we've, we've come to our, our, the conclusion today, we've run out of time here, but why don't we carry on uh, in our next episode, speaking about unity consciousness and, and what it is to step fully into unity consciousness. What do you feel about that? I feel that's beautiful. And also when you said the word, you know, one big love, I just thought the same thing that a true guide, a true teacher, a true uh, avatar or embodiment is always going to embody that infinite love. They're going to embody that pure consciousness. They're going to embody that ability of reflecting back to you the truth, not your ego's version of the truth, not what you think you want, but what's actually at the very essence of the truth, which in fact is the most loving thing when we understand what true love is versus the the massaging of the ego version of love. And I think that this exploration of unity consciousness really needs to be coupled with infinite love and, and stepping into the truth. And that, that radiant presence of the guide that we're talking about this level of guidance 
where you feel so loved and so supported and so held and so directed that it's unshakable, undeniable that you're in the arms of pure love and you're being held through this process in life, in your transition in death and on the other side. So yes, I'd love to cover that. Thank you, Amy. All right, let's do that. So remember, you can find out more about Mirabai Devi and her spiritual teachings on mirabaidevi.org. And you can find out more about me on ankatesullivan.com. So here we go. We're going to wrap it up for today. Thank you to everyone who has joined in as well. May you understand how to embrace your guidance, the wonderful beings that are waiting for you to awaken to them. May your lives be filled with divine love, with infinite love and light. You've been listening to Anne Kate Sullivan, co-host of Wisdom of the Ages and also Mirabai Devi. So to be continued on to unity consciousness. So until we meet again, may the infinite light and love Reveal its secrets to you one message at a time. Many blessings. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Superpower Network. Go now to superpowerexperts.com to unlock your superpowers and change your life today.